We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. You know, during the election cycle, it, it's one of those things I really, to be honest, I can't wait for it to be over. And well, I want to ask you, how many friends did you lose? Oh, we're not going there. <laughs> okay. um, my, my Facebook feed got very sparse. I'll put it like that. But you know, the thing is, after the election season is over, when the dust is kind of settled, I think we tend to say, okay, it's done. It's over. There's nothing more to look at. And we don't stop and think, okay, there's a lot that I need to learn, mm. uh, a lot that I can study, a lot of story to be told. And a role that we can play in this. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and I think, you know, kind of looking at that hindsight um, helps us do that. And the book, uh, the latest book by Dr. George Barna, The Day Christians Changed America, it's a great example of that. It's a great look at the election of 2016 that put Donald Trump in the White House. Um, and, and so, it's a, something that I highly encourage you to check out. You can find more information about it at culturefaith.com. Right now, we have Dr. Barna on air with us. And uh, so, Dr. Barna, again, thank you for uh, coming on the program. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. So, let's talk about this. We had mentioned in the last segment that in the beginning, um, you actually give the statistic here. And like I say, I'm weird. I don't like um, numbers, but I love statistics. So, in April of 2016, um, there were not a lot of sage cons. Uh, and if you want to know what a sage con is, you can go back and listen to the previous segment or find it at uh, engagemagazine.net slash podcast. But there were not a lot of sage cons who were supportive of Donald Trump. In the very beginning, um, after he announced it, I mean, it was 9%. On election day, the number went up to 93%. What caused such a massive shift? Well, there were a number of things that took place, but I think really the key turning point was an event that happened in Manhattan, right in Donald Trump's backyard, so to speak, where there was a gathering of conservative Christian leaders that came together. Uh, Originally, it was hoped that maybe 200 of them would show up, but what actually happened on that day in the middle of June was over a 1,000 significant Christian leaders flew in from all over the country to have a private invitation-only meeting with Donald Trump. And the purpose of that meeting was for these leaders who were on the fence. They didn't know what they were going to do in the election, who they would vote for, or even if they would bother to vote, given the fact that they were so disenchanted with both of the major party candidates. So the concept behind the event was to give Mr. Trump the stage for a few minutes and the microphone to Christian leaders and let them ask him questions. And that's exactly what happened. Donald Trump said, okay, I'll give you 45 minutes. And he showed up. He came with uh, Ben Carson and with Mike Huckabee and some others. And Mike Huckabee served as the MC at that event. And he asked some questions of Mr. Trump. He answered them. And then they opened it up to the audience. And many people liked uh, you know, James Dobson and Tony Perkins and Sammy Rodriguez and many other major Christian leaders from across the country had the opportunity to ask Donald Trump questions. No media were allowed in the room. There was no recording going on. This was just a face-to-face confrontation between these two groups. And it was fascinating to watch because when Mr. Trump got there, he came on stage and he reminded me of Ed Sullivan. Millennials probably have no idea who that is, but, you know, he, he used to be a, a, a fellow who hosted a variety on television. He'd come out, and he'd cross his arms over his chest, and he'd get this little sour look on his face, and, and then he managed the program. 
That's exactly how Donald Trump looked. He came out, his arms were crossed. It looked like he was trying to protect himself from what he thought was going to happen when he went out there and faced all these spiritual leaders of America. And, and he had that look on his face like, okay, I'm ready, bring it on. Well, as the day progressed, it, everything softened in him. You could see that he was warming up, and, and as the conversation began with the questions being asked, and he'd say something, the leaders would respond, he'd talk back with them. Everything became so different. He, he really came to understand where they were coming from. They got a better sense of where Mr. Trump was coming from. He had agreed to be at the event for 45 minutes. He stayed for more than two hours. And, and by the end, he was saying, you know what, I'm so glad that I have this opportunity because I know how important you people are to the heartbeats of the soul of America. And now I understand you and your needs and your desires much better. Thank you for being open and honest with me. It was a total changing point. Now, what we noticed on the research side was with those particular leaders, they didn't rush home and tell everybody, okay, you've got to support Donald Trump. First of all, because they work for nonprofit organizations or churches, they can't support a specific candidate. But secondly, they had to think it through. They had to pray about it. They had to figure out, gosh, was he just gaming us? Was he manipulating us? And what we found after about four to six weeks was that the vast majority of those leaders that had been in that auditorium that day went back to their constituencies, which I estimate numbered cumulatively somewhere around 60 million people in America, and began to tell their people, you know what, you need to take Donald Trump seriously. Uh, you know, I've talked with the man, I've listened to him, we've examined what he said, we're watching him very closely, and we can't just afford to write him off because he doesn't have the kind of godly character that we want in the president. We can't write him off because he's done some things that he's even admitted to that are just antithetical to what Christians believe is appropriate biblical behavior. And my dad, be, oh, I was going to jump they, in there and say my dad was a part of that meeting. That's interesting because he had the same response uh, that you just mentioned. He, for the first time ever, he said, "I actually think there's a an ounce of humility in the guy <laughs> based off that one uh, meeting that he had." Because prior to that. You know, he had the same expectations that most people had going to the meeting. You know, this is not going to go well, whatever. But for him to leave there thinking, hey, he actually listened to us and acted concerned about some of the things. So that's interesting because that's the same response my dad had. Yeah, Dr. Arnold, and I do want to ask as well, what do you think is the uh, was Mike Pence's role in increasing, um, I guess, the favorability of evangelical voters? Well, it, it put them at ease. Because they know that Mike is, you know, as some would say, one of us. And, you know, he, he's been serving in the public eye for a long time, so he's got a track record. It's not just talk. You can see what he's done. He's put his beliefs into practice. He lives that faith in a very public way. And so that put a lot of conservative Christians at ease when he was on the ticket. One thing that they knew was if Mr. Trump wins... Mr. Pence will be right alongside of him. So there's going to be a Christian presence in the White House. And, you know, we've even seen that presence expand, of course, since, since they've gotten into office. But uh, Mr. Pence has a very positive image among Christian voters, and so that really did help to take it tremendously with that segment of voters. You listen to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. We have Dr. George Bonner on the radio with us talking about his newest book, 
And we're also going to put the show notes. We'll put the link to his newest book uh, in our show notes. And the new, his newest book is The Day Christian Changed America by George Barna. Uh, now, George Barna, one of the things, uh, the, it was probably the day after or within the, the, a week, y'all released uh, a, an article or however you want to look at it on y'all's website that got circled around the leadership here at AFA. And it was called God Uses Strong Christian Support plays Donald Trump in the White House. And it's going to be real similar, maybe a shorter version of your book. I remember reading it, and I'm looking at it right now. You basically pointed out that Donald Trump is all is every, is a, essentially a miracle, and you listed off several different things on how that's the case with him being outspent two to one and how the media mistreated him and his own party has uh, abandoned him. What are, so, what are some more things that just made this um, hard to believe, hard to deny that God's hand was on this. Well, I mean, there's, uh, and I've got some of that listed in the book. I mean, it's an unbelievable series of things that have taken place. But you look at the fact, for instance, that within the Republican Party, you had major Republican leaders, people from his own party, who said they refused to back him. You look at the fact that he was outspent by Hillary by hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, that, that's virtually unprecedented that you can win when you're outspent by that level. You look at the fact that churches really didn't do very much to get behind him, and yet Christians were his most fervent support base. Uh, you know, and that's another whole issue that we could talk about in terms <laughs> of the role of churches. Uh, you know, you could talk about the fact that most people didn't believe that he acted in a presidential manner. He did not have a favorability rating that was positive with most of the people in in America. You look at the fact that all of the major uh, public opinion polls showed that he was going to lose and that Hillary was going to win, and she certainly you know, bought into that. You look at uh, a lot of the behavior, the character issues. We've never elected a president who had such obvious character flaws, uh, you know, to... to the individual who, who got into the White House. And it goes on and on and on. It, it just didn't make any sense that he would be elected. But, you know, Lance Wall now, who's a, a, another Christian leader, has talked about how he believes that God has imparted to him that, well, Trump, Donald Trump was to be used as God's wrecking ball against the mess that's been made in Washington, D.C. And so, I mean, it certainly appears that God was at the center of this whole thing. You know, some people say, oh, well, no, it's just an election. I don't think so. If you look at how elections work, I've been working in them for more than 30 years. A lot of other people I know who are veterans in the space say, this is unprecedented. Who would have, who would have foreseen this? I mean, it really does have the fingerprints of God all over it. Well, now that he's won, we've got uh, uh, Donald Trump and that conservative mu- uh, movement and what they have the role they have in that they get a four-year gap obviously or four years and then there's another election what is it that the republican party needs to do between now and then and what is the uh, democrat party what are they already doing well we know that the democrats have already been meeting they've prepared some analyses of what went wrong in 2016 they've already created a strategy document and when they do these things they're not just looking at an election they're looking at the totality of American culture and saying there are some foundations in the culture that we're going to need to change in terms of people's beliefs, people's values, their relationships, 
how they get their information, and so forth. And so they are already actively working toward the 2020 election. They're raising money, they're building new technology, they're creating different kinds of and better and stronger relationships. There's all kinds of activity taking place. And what I've observed so far among the uh, conservatives across the country is that they're very pleased that the election in 2016 turned out as it did, and they're taking a breather. Mm. Well, while they're taking a breather, they're losing ground. The other side recognizes that this is an ongoing culture war, and the war doesn't stop just because a battle was won within it. The war continues. And so I would encourage conservatives to be realizing, you know what, the 2018 election, the midterm election, is going to be a big deal in terms of who's going to control the Senate and the House. And we've got an opportunity to make up ground there. We could lose ground, but we don't want to do that. We want to make up additional ground. So it's a big time. It's an important time for conservatives to say the war rages on and we've got to continue to fight on. Absolutely. That's been Dr. George Barna. The new book is uh, The the Day Christians Changed America. You can find more at culturefaith.com. If you missed anything, if you missed the first segment, you want to hear about that, or if you want to find a link uh, to where you can purchase the book, you can always do that at engagemagazine.net slash podcast. Until next week, keep sharing truth and applying scripture.